I would like to just share with you some ideas upon our world in general. You see, most people seem to feel that our world can be very easily encompassed by our normal five senses and everything we see around us, that's it. Well, of course, I'm here to tell you that that isn't it at all. Because apart from our portion of the evolutionary scale and of course the animals and so forth and other inhabitants of our planet we also must consider those members of an adjacent evolution which we call the Deva evolution the word Deva simply means shining one don't worry too much about it a title given to that evolution of nature spirits and angels and so forth which are so closely allied with humanity that they are in fact inseparable from us. So of necessity we should think of the angelic kingdom as such a definite part of evolution. Now quite a lot of people of course still cannot cope with the idea that they are just living one of a large number of lives in the lower worlds many many I don't know how many of you can or cannot cope with that here but an interesting little feature some years ago I was called upon to speak to a number of people about reincarnation and people were shaking their heads no, 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 I don't like that at all you see. and I said well don't worry about it because although you can't accept it now don't worry because in your next incarnation you'll probably be able to manage it quite easily <laughs> you see uh, yes that's what happened that a sort of titter went round the place you see well now lots of people still cannot cope with this but nevertheless we have to deal with the facts of the matter and the facts known to me are that man proceeds in a series of incarnations in the lower worlds and during those incarnations he learns the lessons which the worlds of form have to offer him but in all these incarnations he is as it were closely accompanied by those members of the Deva kingdom whose business it is set out before them as it were to work towards the accomplishment of the divine plan now like our animal kingdom member of the, member, many of the lower orders of the Deva kingdom are not individuals they are parts of a group soul and within the various group souls of which they form parts <coughs> there is as it were laid out the whole plan for that particular facet of evolution and we find that throughout the ages long before the time of man's coming informed nature which we call the mind before this happening this mind body being developed primitive man was very closely aware of many of these angels and nature spirits and we find in ancient writings many references to them and of course in many of the religious aspects of the day uh, they were called gods now this is a, a term which of course today there's a shocking tendency to apply that word to the one life from which everything proceeds and of which we are all fractions now in truth we find that even in the beginning of Genesis we have a little phrase in the beginning God created if you turn to the Hebrew you will find that the word is Elohim and Elohim is a plural not a singular so the translation should be in the beginning the gods created and 
far more clear is this because we find the activity aspect of life the third person of the Trinity in Christianity the Holy Ghost the activity aspect of life operates if one might put it so through the enormous legions of his angels and his members of the Deva kingdom who work but to move towards the accomplishment of the divine plan so there we have the idea of the gods creating the divine plan set out for each one of those groups is in fact a thing which they are all working towards not of free will because they are members of groups remember but they are working towards a divine plan laid out now in the case of humanity the human being comes into contact with uh, the angels in many occasions probably the very first time is long before he comes to birth because his physical body will have been built by one of the Deva kingdom there is a large group of these members of that kingdom whom we call the building devas they are the beings whose business it is to create all sorts of forms including the human body so therefore the building of a new body isn't just a sort of elaborate accident it is in fact something which is definitely worked upon from if one might put it so from on high so wherever that body was built and I venture to suggest anyone read Huxley here Brave New World uh, even in the sterile bottles which Huxley postulated we could still have a body built because what it requires are not just the two qualities of the physical life but it requires the downpouring from an individual waiting to use a physical form in which to incarnate when those three qualities come together the three qualities come together we have conception and that is all brooded over and worked upon by the appropriate members of the angelic kingdom now that being the case you can see that we are as it were quite awkward in our attempts to, to help along the process of evolution and we could say I think that the major work of evolution is carried on by the members of the Deva kingdom so we ought to have quite a good regard for angels and we ought to remember one or two other things as well about it the first being that the human being is of course an epitome of the whole of life he is in fact what is meant by life itself and indeed one little phrase which I always hold in mind is this the universe is man on a large scale a very useful phrase to keep in mind a human being is in fact the latent image of the universe so therefore he is moving towards this great state of becoming as we say there is nothing which is as it were in static condition everything is not only in motion it is also in progress just as planets and so forth move in their orbits and what have you everything in the whole of life is in movement it's known in some quarters as the dance of creation there is no such thing as anything static just as there is no such thing which is outside the one life the tiniest fraction of dust is part of that one life and 
we are part of that one life just as we can say with our hand on our heart as it were that everything in the physical world is made up of atoms physical atoms and these in turn have more fine particles making them up but we know from basic physics that the whole of life works in this atomic structure the whole of quantum theory is dependent upon a realization of the nature of matter and we too are existent in this way we say in physics that the thing which we can determine about a material is its atomic structure and then we go on passing on from the physical world we can say that we can determine more about it in the case of a human being he exists at one moment in absolute completeness when he is in physical incarnation and he consists going upwards of physical astral and mental matter in the form world and rising into the world of life he consists of a causal level right at the bottom of the, warm, of the world of life and then right up to the highest possible level which is called monadic essence the monad the oneness that which is a spark of the divine and each individual is such a spark of the divine now a short while ago a rather interesting remark was made when I was giving a talk so, so I said to someone in answer to a question they said what happens when we have gone through all that we can possibly go through and passed through the world of life well as I said it is said that we then have the opportunity to go into the solar region because as far as we are concerned the solar region the sun is the solar logos of our system we can go on in that way and we become at one with that source all this, all this business of gaining individuality is all lost you, you've thrown it all away we're all going to be mixed together in a big sort of cauldron well the answer of course is no when we talk of individuals making up the one life we mean that exactly that is to say that we are individuals if the one life consists of a lot of the same lumps of stuff it would hardly be a whole concern it would just be a lot of discrete particles but it doesn't it consists of individuals who contribute in their progress through the lower worlds into the higher some features which are ultimately to become part of that oneness but they remain individuals just as passing out of the world of form you'd say well when we've lost form what have we got? you see if we haven't got a form to be in as it were a body if you like what is there? well of course the self remains the forms are lost physical is lost eventually wears out or someone kills it but of course you can't kill the human being he'll be around for a hell of a long time after that at the astral and mental levels and finally he will take back to his causal self all the qualities which he has learned in those lower worlds and in every one of these levels we are heavily dependent upon the appropriate members of the angelic kingdom who as it were stand ready to help on when the will of the person is directed into the right quarter and to try to overcome the difficulties which human beings engender for themselves in moving against the divine will having free will resolves in us making all sorts of mistakes from which we learn of course you know the famous saying he who never made a mistake never made anything and of course that is very true because it is by doing the wrong thing that we see the opposite of that the right thing and whenever we move with evolution the correct way we are 
assisted by those members of the Deva kingdom whose business it is to work in the course of evolution. Whenever we move against it, they attempt to help us out of the difficulties which we may get into. But always there is one dominating feature in life which must be understood. Man, and by this I use the term generically to mean everyone, a human being must guide his actions by his own creative will. To stop him from doing so or to attempt to do so is in itself wrong. So the members of the angelic kingdom could not make this mistake because they are as it were locked to the divine will. The activity aspect of life itself works through them. And in an early version of the Christian creed, I don't know how many of you know much about the creed, but in an early version of it we have the expression and in the Holy Ghost who work is manifest through his angels which is an, an acknowledgement in Christianity of this operation of the Holy Spirit the activity principle of life working through a body of beings who exist solely for that purpose so that is as far as we can think of in the angelic kingdom as attached to us but of course their ramifications are far and wide those of us who do have some sensitivity in this matter are often quite intrigued by the nature spirits it's very amusing to watch some of the nature spirits particularly the lower ones uh, those that are in the vicinity of trees and shrubs and flowers and so forth who appear to be playing about in the vicinity well of course as far as we're concerned they're just mucking about but they're not really they are part of a system of activity we also find that over these vast areas we find higher beings whom I uh, in my banal way call the overall managers of things they're technically we call them angels of place and it is quite possible if you, as you travel from one point to another in the countryside to detect your movement out of the area the orbit of activity of one angel of place into that of another so you see uh, all these things are conducted as it were in layers of activity hierarchical, hierarchical horrible word that isn't it hierarchical measures so that you do have a large being with all sorts of responsibilities presiding over lesser beings right down to those whose activities always seem to be down in the earth uh, we call them gnomes and all that now the idea is that we are should be trying to achieve some understanding of our place in the scheme of things and also of our connection with these so-called unseen beings we should be attempting to link with them in such a way that we understood to some degree where we were in the scheme of things because in a human being you have this tendency to push the worldly things into focus and to pass out of recollection those things which are of eternity you see all the things which we see around us are of transient quality they are here today and gone tomorrow literally we too at the physical level are here today and gone tomorrow but there are certain things those things of life itself which are permanent not in the sense of being static but they are permanently there and in a course of progress so that instead of as many people think we live in a sort of chaos that anything could happen we have to realize that we are living in an ordered theater of activity which is in fact 
the whole of life itself so right at the top of this then this theatre of activity we have the one life the source of all we have the manifestations of that life in schemes of evolution which in our case emanate from our own solar logos which itself of course is the representation in our system of life itself and around that sun because the physical sun is the physical representation of the solar logos we have a number of schemes of evolution of which our world is one of those schemes there are many others they are of course interdependent we ourselves as we move through our series of chains of incarnations we have received help from previous schemes we in turn must in due course offer help to the schemes which are below us so each human being has a very important feature he has first of all to realise his oneness with life and then to act in the appropriate manner so that he really does understand that he has to do something not just sit passively and accept everything but rather to be a part of that one life and in that he can easily assure himself particularly when he meditates upon the reality of life he can assure himself of the reality of those members of the angelic kingdom who, with whom he is constantly in touch whether he knows it or not so clearly we have then a task each one of us and that task is to try to realise our own position in the scheme of things not to as it were try to be everything to everyone but to realise where we are and anything that we may find out or know we have to realise is not for our own aggrandisement but rather so that we may help those who do not yet know even that much and of course each one of us has to admit ultimately that we know so very little and we are dependent very much upon our teachers as we go through life and there of course we come upon an ever present question and the only answer you can give is that wherever the true aspirant seeks there does the teacher appear now that is a sort of truism which just answers your question to a degree the teacher appeared now most people would say oh yes he will be a, an oriental gentleman clad in a long robe and so forth he probably won't he would just be wearing jeans and a sweater because the teacher might be anyone and as soon as we are in a position to know something of ourselves and therefore something of the one life within us we ourselves in the appropriate circumstances are teachers because the gaining of knowledge doesn't mean that we can just use it for our own purposes it is up to us to help those who don't even know that at the time so that we in turn as we progress and we depend upon our teachers so we should be ready to give to others what we have gained and in all these things there is this impetus behind us always of those members of the Deva kingdom who as it were support the business of evolution by their actions and take into our efforts their rather more subtle efforts and all over the ages in the various religions of the world there is some references to the members of this kingdom the well-known ones in Christianity of course can be supplemented by other references which one can find in such as a book, the book of Enoch the, uh, one of the ancient books which is not 
readily available throughout the place but nevertheless is a very good reference and in that uh, work works like that you find that all sorts of references to members of the angelic kingdom are made very clear now in those circumstances of realizing ourselves what can we do and doing is always the most important part of understanding anything what we have to do first of all is to learn to recognize our own higher selves we have as it were to still the enormous pressure of our intellect which is always as it were pushing material into our brains we have to still this and come to a sense of real meditation now meditation takes many forms most of it is a sort of preparation for the real thing the concentrating on an object of any sort the, the wordy ideas of meditation those things which demand you saying a lot of things that is not real meditation real meditation can only be described in one way it is inner listening inner listening the thing which I always say is that if only you could still the clamour of the intellect for a moment the higher self will have chance to get a word in edgewise in other words the inspiration from your own higher self that is to say what has already been accumulated by you in incarnation after incarnation and added to that higher self that will be able to direct your present actions so you do need indeed to be still and know that you are you be still and know that I am you've all heard the phrase some people have attached the word God to the end of it but that isn't the real phrase the real phrase is be still and know that I am I am I now once the person realises that he is at one with life itself then of course he realises too that he can influence his actions by recourse to that source of light and effort and energy he then turns hopefully to the next thing which is of great importance to realise all those other selves also part of the divine some of whom he may not like at all this is a terrible test that we have to go through I'm sure each one of us at some time has sort of said oh my goodness not him again not her again oh no I can't, I can't take any more of him you see or her as the case may be and turn away in disgust from someone who the very the moment they approach you say no no I'm not, I'm not going to have anything to do with that that's too much now that sort of attitude is a, a, quite a prevalent one for many people they do feel that they are as it were hampered by certain people's presence by certain people who feel themselves to be in some way above the general level out of the general run of things and perhaps having a bit more of something or other than their fellows and they cause a lot of annoyance we have to realise that under this unfortunate persona one must remember that the personality the word personality comes from the original persona a mask and the mask of our external self is a mask over the real person and through that mask very often if you can only break down a crack for a moment or two you see the real person wonderful person all sorts of wonderful qualities and it has nothing to do with how they look how they are physically they are a part of life and then when we can 
peer through one of these cracks we are really starting to realize the other divine selves because that's what we're looking at and under the cloak of these personalities we see these wonderful persons underneath and from them of course if only we can peer through into their real person we have a lot of benefits to gain we can see how wonderful they are because they are presenting other aspects of the divine life every human being is absolutely unique there aren't two identical human beings yes not even identical twins are really identical it's only the physical form that looks similar anyone who can raise their consciousness above that level they can see them as distinct in other words we ought to say in plain terms their emotional natures are quite different uh, identical twins uh, here I am speaking from personal experience but two identical twins I know I always used to be looked upon with some amusement by their parents because uh, I could dress both these boys by their own names always they could never fool me although their parents insisted upon dressing them in such a manner that they looked very similar in the end one got so fed up with it he had his hair cut short they had a crew cut <laughs> that caused a lot of annoyance but it certainly set him apart from his brother I think he got a bit annoyed about being looking the same as his brother but they were not alike even when they were made to look so and this is the fact human beings are unique you've only got to move a little way above the physical level the brain level of consciousness and there the differences appear because the emotional astral makeup if you like the word better is quite different in the two persons so there we have this wonderful quality of peering as it were beneath this tremendous mask this personality and looking at the real person now in the case of those members of the Deva kingdom who are continually in contact with humanity I venture to suggest that they always do detect something of the real person but because of that great law of persons guiding their actions by their own creative <coughs> will we do not ever get thwarted by these individuals thus it is of course that we ought to look at another facet of life there are many people who will say now now listen to me if you follow what I have to say you'll be alright you see that is not so you will not be alright no matter how well intentioned the person may be he must not thwart your own guidance of your actions by your creative will that must not be altered and no matter how well intentioned the person may be he cannot take over your life in that way and here of course we have perhaps the greatest failing of all is mothers and fathers who try to make their kids look like them I don't mean in appearance but they try to get them to do all the things that they wish they had done when they had the chance to do it <laughs> that of course is one way of upsetting of the proper course of those individuals lives because of course we cannot own anyone else we do not belong to anyone we cannot take charge as it were of anyone else they are an absolute individual we may or may not have the immense privilege of their company and so forth for a definite length of time and it is a privilege we ought to be ready to gain from them in as much as they too are able to gain from us we ought to be ready to offer without any thought of return what we can and ready to receive what they are able to give but we do not own them we cannot as it were take over another person and 
inflict our ideas upon them and that is the course which we have always to bear in mind and as I say it's a a popular failing that parents who attempt to do this to their sons and daughters with sometimes quite disastrous results but (laughs) nevertheless it is a failing they think that they are offering such a high degree of protection that this is vitally necessary but of course there is a saying which I always think one should bear in mind no one wants second hand experience you can't really get an awful lot from second hand experience you have to go out and experience things for yourself because ultimately life at all its levels is intended to be lived not explained away or opted out of it is intended to be lived in all its annoyances and upsets and so forth so we should be living it and taking part in it and of course we come upon persons who feel that they never look at all these dreadful things going on they sort of shut them out and they only look at the high and holy things that is again a nonsense there aren't any things which are so low that they come beneath our attention if we ourselves are properly adjusted the mixing in those so-called lowly things won't affect us in any way we shall be able to go down into the gutter as it were in the hope of helping someone to rise from it without ourselves being contaminated in any way by it to stand as it were and beckon people up to your height of understanding is not the way at all we have to go and take them by the hand if we want to help them I don't mean that literally necessarily and metaphorically we must be there with them and hopefully as we are there with them they will gradually move to the rightful situation which they want to be in and it will always be and must always be their choice not a question of meeting the demands of someone else nor believing in things which common sense would tell you are not suitable for you or utterly ridiculous so in all these things we are once again in the charge to this extent of the angelic kingdom one of the things that the angelic kingdom appears to do is to present one individual to another to be there to as it were help along all those things which are going in the right direction and to attempt to steady the differences that people make by their moving across the path of evolution any movement across the path of evolution is called transgression that's the real understanding of transgression move across and this moving across the path of evolution of course takes us out of those wonderful lines of progress which we should be in and for the moment we may say I suppose one gets one's wires crossed so that the path ahead becomes blurred you all know I expect that one of the features of the earth is that it has quite a number of qualities well known are things called ley lines I expect you've all heard of this they're lines of energy which go from point to point they are not all the same there are different sorts of ley lines there are different forms of energy which are running across the, the earth they do not always either start and finish in the same place they do not always take a constant path over the years they change that is one of the features of uh, which anyone who's practiced dowsing will tell you that the, there are certain features and energies which can be detected by the human being he doesn't need hazel twigs necessarily these are only aids to concentrating his attention but these things although not visible to human sight 
are nevertheless there and they form a purpose and one of the purposes and the reason for my mentioning it is this that those ley lines have definite direction and energy flow which is part of the work of the angelic kingdom in progressing the course of earthly endeavour that is to say the makeup of the earth and its progress because once again although mountains and things all look very solid they are not permanent in any way they are not static they are in progress the mineral kingdom itself very slow moving you know a diamond is forever sort of thing well it isn't quite because there are no minerals which are absolutely static either they have hellishly long lives as far as we are concerned and their movement seems to be uh, of no real account at all you can't detect it but nevertheless movement there is progression there is and so it is without the whole in, in the whole course of life we find that all these various levels are a source of progress and in themselves they have definite orders and limits through which they are passing so that really is a pointer to our realising that since we are relatively helpless in attending to the requirements of evolution the other linked evolution with ours the Deva kingdom is indeed taking a very active part in this in the building of all the forms through which life is expressing in the lower worlds and no doubt at much higher levels which we can't contact other work similarly goes on but the work down here is sometimes very interesting to notice how things come into being and disappear later as time goes on and so we find that even the lowliest shrub or tree is a work of part of the Deva kingdom but always and ever the ultimate of this endeavour is the human being and his requirements he is being constantly as it were presented with the higher aspect of life if only he will put aside for a moment that clamour of his intellect and listen to that portion of himself which has far more contact with the business of evolution than he has in his physical body and that is the important feature can he still these outer qualities in order to regard the truth of life I think I should stop there and let someone else have a go at me a guardian angel yes uh, well <laughs> of course um, in the days when it was thought that man had a soul which he had to look after very carefully rather like having a pet dog and had to be careful that nothing happened to it and he didn't lose it in any way <laughs> the idea of having a guardian angel was no doubt very attractive um, in fact there it is at once true and yet not true because if you imagine that you are being followed about by a member of the Deva kingdom uh, then that isn't true but what you do have and gain as you start your life is what we call links with the angelic helpers and the angelic helpers over this link do in fact assist or protect your actions to the best of the limitations which is imposed upon them by a human beings need to guide their actions under their own free will so to that extent yes you do have a guardian angel a link with the angelic kingdom and these can be strengthened or weakened by certain outside forces in baptism for instance there's a deliberate attempt made to link the baby with a guardian angel you can't do it later on but an infant yes so um, there's a definite attempt made there and thereafter the child as they grow up 
would, as it were, grow up with that link strengthened, hopefully. So, yes, there's a personal, in a personal sense, you do have a definite link with the angelic kingdom. Good enough answer? Well, I'm not really. Uh, the, the Deva kingdom is a, a, a title given to the whole kingdom of nature spirits and as we go on in, in the levels of that kingdom, we tend to call them angels at the higher levels. Yes. Quite an important distinction because of course you're going up through the levels of beings just as in, the, uh, in our everyday evolution as it were, we go up through the levels of the animal kingdom to the human and so forth and in the Deva kingdom generally the nature spirits are certainly the lower orders and above them come other higher orders until we get to astral angels and mental level angels and so on and finally of course as far as our scheme is concerned to the cosmic angels those which are part of the solar logos and his immediate surrounding as it were if we can use the anthropomorphic term of his uh, uh, as part of the one life so yes that, that it, what you say is absolutely true there should be a distinction we do tend for general purposes to lump them very much as a kingdom which has the lowest to the highest progression laid out before them as a sort of rather like a, a, a plan of a, of a building if you like laid out before them one of the, uh, the, the one, one of those things which comes to mind very readily is the building of a human body you see uh, the requirements are those which are furnished by the individual wishing to incarnate we call them the seeds the permanent seeds of incarnation and at the various levels of being we can look upon them rather as like the genetic material furnished by genes and chromosomes at the, at the physical level the indications of those permanent seeds of incarnation become present to the building deva who is to undertake the work and he must match those with the correct conditions of cell division at the physical level and when that linkage is complete that is conception and the building goes on as you know probably for seven years or so before the building Deva has finished his work and the individual takes proper charge of their physical form roughly about the age of seven thus that age is called the age of reason the age when the individual grasps his lower body fully and starts to wield it uh, to his purposes well, uh, that is a supposition which I think we make from the point of fact that it appears at all the levels which we can contact and several which are told to us by our teachers that um, there is no such thing as a static state. So therefore, there is a state of constant progress and it would appear that as evolution occurs in the Deva kingdom the lower nature spirits and so forth gradually evolve into higher levels and at those higher levels as you quite rightly say there would be greater cognizance of the plan of evolution than at the lower levels so consequently that portion of the plan of evolution which was necessary for a single building deva to undertake would become available to it I don't think I would be prepared to say they already know everything what I would say is that we assume and assumption is really the, the point here we assume that there is within uh, their knowledge and abilities all those parts of the law laws of evolution if you like which they need to have for their work and when and as and when they accomplish their work at that particular level they presumably are then fitted to proceed to a greater level whatever that might be I don't think we can speculate really closely upon this except to say that since evolution appears to be the quality of the one life in action then that quality 
pervades the whole of that life wherever it might be and that is an assumption which seems to me to be not unreasonable I've never heard anything really against that assumption Uh, but of course how and the detail of it and the how and when of it I don't think we could begin to unravel at our present level no doubt some distant future we might know a hell of a lot more about it but at the moment uh, I don't think we could even come to an idea about it oh I said that a few minutes ago (laughs) the the very fact that you oh I'm sorry well uh, what I said was that uh, the fact that there is an individual waiting to use an incarnation that is conception when that linkage occurs that is conception are you saying that at the time of conception not only the physical body is produced but the soul is present well yes because there couldn't be without it and I also said if you remember that even if this took place in Huxley's uh, sterile bottles you would still have the same effect because you cannot produce a living fetus without the requirement of the incoming life you see the mere cell division at the physical level doesn't produce a new human body that isn't well yes it doesn't really produce that because the innovating aspect the life giving aspect has to be poured down from a true individual and that life giving aspect is the pouring down of a state of affairs from what we call the causal level of a human being there is an actual term given to this downpouring it's called kundalini has anyone heard it? yes now kundalini is the downpoured state of affairs which enables life in the lower worlds to take place and the direction and nature of this it can be we can go further and say that long before a physical body is available the sex of the incoming individual would be known because that sex is determined at the moment of output of kundalini from the causal level of the individual yes but of course we can once again by the application of our creative wills the wrong application in this instance we can as it were work against evolution unless something uh, some idiot stops it (laughs) oh I see what you're getting at oh yes just because you stop or one uh, birth as it were is stopped one conception is stopped Uh, the incoming individual doesn't in any way isn't deterred from that state of affairs and indeed um, that happens if one might put it so all the time because something goes wrong in the building process you see something can go wrong at the physical level at the spiritual level and all sorts of levels you see all these energies of which I was speaking are actually coming to us from the sun of course you see that the sun is the sole source of energy for all the schemes of evolution which are around it there is no other source one of the sources of energy of course is electricity another one is a feature that we call prana uh, as a technical word Uh, that is to say a force which enters the human being, each human being at the sacral plexus Uh, I'm probably saying things here that you don't know about but there are certain points of connection between the physical, astral, mental and higher levels of an individual which we call chakras and one of these, the sacral plexus is the base of the spine they are in fact properly absorbed and utilised and uh, when they don't flow correctly of course you have conditions which are called illnesses there is a quality which we call a vital etheric field and that field has definite qualities tendencies and the way we translate them by saying that in the healthy person this vital etheric field always appears to be a sort of neutral grey 
But in the unhealthy person, various colours appear in this field. Now these colours are representative of the unabsorbed energies which are entering the person at the sacral plexus but not being utilised, you see. See the point? So that as they're not utilised, of course, there is a deficiency in the health level of that person. It may not necessarily be physical, it would be other things as well, you see. Because a person is a whole being. You can't have a person which is just a physical body. A person is always a whole being. And as you know, it's only quite recently that medical opinion and so forth has really been led to treat a person as a whole being. Holistic remedies you hear of. That simply means treating the whole being, the whole person, as a true human being consisting of physical, astral, mental and higher levels. And when you realise this, you start not to just look at the cut on the person's hand or something, but to realise what may go with it. Uh, and then they invent words which are rather silly in many cases. They say it's trauma and stress and all those kind of things. These are simply uh, everyday words for something which has upset the person's total ability to be a whole person. And so, uh, quite clearly, these things are of importance. But energy, in its every sense, comes from the sun. The Deva kingdom act, as it were, as guides and conductors of these energies at every level. So, as you say, what would happen without their efforts? Well, of course, uh, one ventures upon the opinion that you can't lose their efforts. You see, uh, although we choose to look at them as separate beings, they are part of the activity principle of the one life. And our desire to separate things is a human creature because we tend to look at ourselves as separate, don't we? We say, I'm different from you, I'm, I'm separate, I'm an individual, I can do what I like. Of course, when we come to a little better understanding, we know that we can't do that. We know too that we are not really separate at all. Because if anyone has ever uh, has the experience of raising their consciousness to their own mental level, they will realise that there's no such thing as separateness. Because one of the qualities of the mental level is that there's no displacement. You can't have things here and there. And yet, they are all still individual, but you can't separate one thing from another. They are all there, now, at one moment. And that leads us immediately to realise that even as human beings all standing around in our different countries and so forth, we are not separate. We are all part of the one life. And the sooner we realise it, and the sooner we can treat our fellows as true brothers, sisters, whatever you like to say, in that one life, the better we shall be. And so the same applies to the energies. I don't think that we could separate them from the activity principle of life itself, of which they are an expression, you understand, and therefore they are mediated by members of the angelic kingdom which is a part of that expression if you come down a moment uh, to the lower levels the nature spirits they are very much more aware than you are of being regarded by a human being and they have many of them quite a fluidic nature and they will tend to take up the attitude which you suppose them to have even so far as taking on the appearance which legend has it they should have. So the various members of that uh, nature kingdom tend to take on always, and if your mind tends to concentrate on them, and you can actually observe them, then they will tend to conform to what you are thinking about them. Uh, so that they are very much more aware of us than we are of them and quite often we are not aware of the presence of particularly one of the higher angels until we tend to uh, part ourselves from everyday things for a moment in order to observe them but of course 
they haven't gone anywhere very often we uh, tend to make other silly mistakes like we regard one of these nature spirits we say he suddenly disappeared well of course he didn't jump out of the way what we mean is that what we were observing passed out of our realm of ability to observe it it moved to a higher level you see uh, and this disappearing is not a disappearing in the sense of going from here to there but rather of assuming substance of a higher level uh, so that we are yes you can indeed communicate and if by communicate you mean uh, be still and notice them yes this is and of course you then come to realize that they are playing a part in the scheme of things even those who appear to as I say muck about around trees and bushes and things they are not really mucking about they are in fact uh, doing whatever we just don't understand what their business is to do because very often there are all sorts of complications in plants and so forth uh, the aura we should call it of a plant is very complex in many instances and of course changes so rapidly that it's very difficult to keep pace with it sorry I'm keeping everyone from their teas great pleasure